Good morning, guys. This is Brian Carpenter, your host. I want to say thank you so much for listening to my little self. Uh, you guys are really special to me and really um, um, I'm honored to have you here listening to me. You're a few that um, I hope to inspire. And today I have Angela, Angela Lee. 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 <laughs> Lee, Angela Lee with me. And she's going to talk about something pretty serious. So I'm going to give her the floor. Mm. Thank you, Brian. And I thank all your listeners for listening and, and paying attention. Um, what I'm about is I write children's books. They're for ages 8 to 12, the Bella Santini Chronicles. And these books are written in such a way that children absorb emotional intelligence, consciousness, and they, they come to see themselves as worthy of their own love. And I do this because in my life, I've learned that hurt people hurt people and that I believe that suicide and school shootings and self-harming and alcohol and drug abuse, all of these things can be reversed if we teach children to love themselves and to know how to face their most painful feeling. Thank you so much. Can, that's like I was saying, I, I really haven't, I mean, when, when I first heard that a 12 year old committed suicide over mm. Facebook, I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, what's going on? I couldn't on? believe it. I couldn't believe it. I mean, 12-year-old girl committing suicide because she's bullied on on Facebook and in, in the classroom and the principal. They had no solution. So uh, that's really sad. It's It's terrible and it's a tragedy. And... <sighs> she was 12 if she at eight had learned how to deal with her painful feelings she might not have chosen suicide as an option of escaping that pain um what kinds of things i mean what what i mean facebook is facebook and <laughs> And um, I never, I, I, I got into it when it was closed just for, I was going to college and only, you can only be in, the only people that could be in your group were the people with the same domain name. Mm. So they kind of closed it and then they opened it later. But yeah. um, I, I mean, I was kind of like the odd man out in high school, 
but I remember was middle school was really hard. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I got in fights, but I never fought back. I let them. I was strong enough that that if I was gonna fight back, I was gonna hurt really hurt them. Mm. Or I never did. Um, but I can't imagine like hearing about your gossip about yourself over Facebook. What 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 kind of what what's your two cents on that? Yeah, social media. Um, parents have no idea what is presented to their children on social media, and and they think it's a safe place for their kids to be. But teen girls are bombarded with sponsored ads telling them that they need to lose weight, that they need to have um, surgery to fix how they look, that they all of these sponsored ads are showing up in their kids' feeds, leading their child to believe they're not good enough. So it's like, Facebook is this corporate giant that doesn't care that, you know, they want to make money. Is it? Yeah. And, and parents need to know that that's, I have no idea what is showing on young men's Facebook feed, but I'm sure it's sponsored ads that make them feel like they're not good. Can you believe I got an advertisement for ketamine? No, I can't. I it's mindful.com or something like that. Ketamine oh. is just one hour, 20 hours of therapy for for one pill. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe it's legal. I can't believe it's legal. But yeah, it, and it, I I hold hope that the world will change and these things will change, but parents, um, you know, I've seen parents hand babies a cell phone to, yeah. to keep them occupied. Mm. And I know, you know, parent, you're busy when you're a parent, you've yeah. got all kinds of things going on. And so it's easy. To hand, yeah, to have a tablet. I a tablet, uh, yeah. But I used, I used I to be a balloon artist. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, go on. You I were make a balloon, balloon animals. I make balloon animals for kids and stuff. One of the parents that uh, one of the, and then I used to go go train with different different artists. One of the artists that I knew. I went over to her house and stuff. She had a three-year-old and was like, yeah, Mr. Blue is my babysitter or the blue dog. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Blue, blue. Blue the dog. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. And and Dora the Explorer. Yeah, they're my babysitter. I just put him in front and then go upstairs. <laughs> you know, I think most parents choose that at some point. Yeah, I was guilty of that. My son, he watched Inspector Gadget. And... I love Inspector Gadget. 
And some of those shows like Dora the Explorer and perhaps the Blue Dog one have value to them. Yeah. And and so even though parental attention is the best thing you can give your kids, sometimes you can't do that. And so you make this choice. But to me, it's like social media is the last thing you should let yeah. you should throw your kids at because it's not just the friends, you know, kids are stopped by people with nefarious reasons on social media. And I've heard time and time again of a, you know, young girl thinking she's talking to another girl or maybe a boy her age and she's talking to some depraved 40 year old man and she's convinced to send pictures and then she's blackmailed for those pictures and i've heard about kids killing themselves for that and it's like it's hard it gotta be hard i, I don't have any kids but yeah. it's got to be, but I have nieces and nephews. It's got to exactly. be hard to say, no, you can't be on Facebook. When yeah. They have to have it when, when they're 13. If you don't have a phone, it could be dangerous if they don't have a phone. Exactly. And so what I'm, I'm just suggesting to parents to um, ask questions, be aware. And counteract some of that social media stuff let your kids know that people can can create fake fake profiles and they might not be talking to who they think they're talking to um you know that these things are conversations that parents can have and that communication between parent and child is so important and yeah it really needs to be nourished so do you want to say about your storyline on the Bella Santini Chronicles or is I that can. a giveaway oh no it's it's a it's a book series and I'm um, getting book three ready for publication now so it should be out in about a month but in book one Bella Santini is a 14-year-old girl who is kind of, she's in, um, she's trying to push her parents away. <laughs> so she's like typical teenage, I don't want to be with my parents. They take her on a camping trip. And on this camping trip, she stumbles across a meadow that is filled with fairies. The fairies arrest her for intruding on their ceremony and take her to the land of the faith, which is called the land of everlasting change. And there, Bella has to figure out how am I going to, I'm a stranger in a strange land. How am I going to make my way? Right. She has to figure out what's my best option for getting home and she's put on trial she's um she's forced to go to a fairy school but 
she sees this as her opportunity to learn magic so that she can magic herself back to her her home and so all of book one is really about bella figuring out a way to make it in a strange world sounds beautiful mm, thank you what kind of art i saw that in the covers there's art there what do you do for that I pay um, this wonderful illustrator, Whitney Nixon, to draw my images. And there is an illustration at every the beginning of every chapter, and most chapters have one in the middle too. And they're just there to add color, add value to the kids. Um, yeah. yeah. Right. So as far as teaching emotional management, in book one, um, Bella and a compatriot are transported to an alternative dimension. And that dimension, that world, is peopled by emotions. And so there are many conversations about, well, how do we get through this really heavy, painful feeling of sadness? How do we move across and out of this feeling of fear? And those conversations include different tools like breath work or um, the ability to, to face painful feelings as a witness. Those tools are written in the book. That's cool. A breath work and... Most people forget to breathe, and that's probably very important, especially when you're stressed. It is really important. <laughs> and, you know, I used to, in my old life, I would breathe in my chest. So it'd be very shallow breath. Mm. And my body didn't get enough oxygen it's it's just not taking those shallow breath is not healthy at all but i was so tense in that lifetime um, that i just couldn't breathe deeply and now more or less when i breathe my belly expands and comes back in so i know i'm i'm filling my lungs with each breath and that alone can make a difference. But there's one particular breath pattern that's known to decrease cortisol and, and be very calming. And it's called the 478 breath mm. pattern. And that is taught in my books. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, you breathe in for the count of four, hold for seven, and breathe out for eight and that just resets your body out of anxiety out of fight or flight and helps you stay calm you heard of the word pranayama mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's uh yoga with breath mm -hmm. and, or with not yoga as we traditionally know it moving body parts around it's yoga connecting to connecting to your body, yoking your body with your breath. And I just want yeah. to, God, yeah. It's um, 
being self-aware, connecting to your body is hugely important. And that's why I talk about, you know, in order to face a painful feeling, I'm going to preface this by saying that the biochemistry of a feeling has been measured to be about 90 seconds. So when we think of painful feelings like grief, this feeling can last for years for people. Wow. Yeah, your entire life. It can. And what, what happens is our mind becomes entangled in the story of what happened. And so when you can basically separate your feelings from the story, and witness your feelings by themselves, they will flow away in about 90 seconds, two minutes. And that's why I teach you feel the feeling. So you notice where is the feeling in my body? Am I, is my stomach clenching? Is it in my throat? Where am I feeling it? What's the intensity? Can I name the feeling? Mm. Naming, I heard that's one of the biggest one. Of it's huge. And if you don't have a name, make it up. Yeah. If it's a complex feeling, just decide which one you're going to call it. Because yeah. it's in acknowledging the feeling that your body can let it go. And so the, but the last and really the most important part, allowing, allow yourself, give yourself permission to feel what you feel. We were talking about school shootings. Yeah, we were. Is that mostly a, a male, teenage male thing or women or girls decide to commit suicide where the men or the boys decide to hurt others? Um, I'm sure that there is a psychologist who could really speak to that in depth. Um, I'm not asking as a psychologist, just as as somebody that's heard more about. You yeah. said how many school shootings has happened this well, year? Well, let me just Google that because I don't want to say a statistic if it's not right. School. The, just the media just focuses on one at a time or it's just a real blip. I mean, I was in Isla Vista when someone supposedly, well. Oh, my gosh. So the Washington Post says there's been over 250 mass shootings so far in 2022. Well, and we're only halfway into it. I know. Yeah. So what I believe is that, um, yes, and and it seems to be young men. Yeah. Um, when I was growing up, men were told, don't cry. They were told, um, it's, it's um, weak to show your feelings. So the message to young boys were repress your feelings. 
And my um, upbringing caused me to repress anger because I wasn't going to be like my father. <laughs> and so my adult life, this feeling, this part of who I am, I was in denial of. And I was in judgment of anyone who exhibit anger. And then I got married to a man whose go-to emotion was anger. So if you can imagine the toxic environment in which he gets angry, I judge him, he gets more angry. <laughs> um, yeah, it was not a good environment. But because one of the other things I learned as a small child was that I was worthless. And so I valued his needs before mine. And I stayed because I couldn't choose to hurt him. So all of these things taught me that repression of feelings actually causes the feelings to stay attached to you. It embeds it in your, your body and you carry that weight around. And even though I wouldn't allow myself to be angry, I judged everyone who was angry. And so the, my reaction to that feeling was, um, you know, often. <laughs> Anger is not a good feeling all the way around. Yeah, yeah. And so um, repressing your feelings only extends your exposure to the feelings. So when we think of young men, told to repress their feelings, they get angry because they don't have an outlet for their feelings, but they can't express that. And no. it builds and it builds and it builds until and they break. Social media and then they're, maybe these are bullied kids, I don't know. Hurt and, people hurt people, yeah. And then they're just like, you know what? Oh, suicide by cop or whatever. You know. Yeah, and they may not, they may not consciously say, "I'm going to go out and hurt a bunch of little kids." Maybe it's, "I'm going to get back at that teacher who was mean yeah. to me in sixth grade," or "I'm going to, um, you know, ruin that school that I suffered so much in," and so it. <laughs> It's just a very sad and horrible thing that I think, I believe, we can create change. And I, I truly believe that the tools that children absorb through reading my stories are part of the solution for that. You think, uh, boys, would um, enjoy your book too, or? <laughs> I mean, I read about, I read about reading about a, I don't know. I, a fairy I, tale about a girl. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Exactly. <laughs> um, fortunately, I got feedback on that. My friend's 13 year old son um, didn't want, he didn't want to admit it, 
but he would put down his electronics to have her read that my story to her. And he loved the second book is Bella Santini in the Troll War, and that oh, book wow. has a war. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's more appealing. <laughs> yeah, but um, for those who are concerned about having their kids read about war, the fairies, their MO during war is to use love as as their opposing weapon. Well, and so um, the trolls are turned into frogs for a few minutes or they're, you know, just enough to confuse them. They're, they're, they're not, nobody's harmed um, for good in this. Well, that's not true. There are people harmed in the, the war, but um, in the end, love does resolve the war. Cool. Yeah. Which is something I did a um, social media post the other day, and it was um, I showed a picture of the book cover with the troll war, and I said, "Violence begets violence, yeah. and hate begets hate." And really, the answer to all of these things is love. What we need is more people to choose love and this world will change i mean uh, i i agree I, I wish there was more i could i wish i could put your books on a billboard out here <laughs> well i'm i'm hiring a guy who can so. good good yeah. <laughs> And my little podcast won't do too much for you. I'm sorry, Angela. You know what, though? It just, it takes the right person. The right person has to hear. Maybe a teacher hears this podcast and they go talk to their school and they say, we need these books for our yes. kids. School. Yes. Put or, in school. Yeah. Maybe there's a psychologist who hears it, who says, you know what? For our post-trauma practice for kids, these books are really going to help. And so it's it's not the quantity of people who hear it, but the quality of people who hear it. And mostly, if one kid who's considering suicide hears this podcast and knows that they are they are of so much value we need them we need their love they're the ones the kids today are the ones who are going to change the world with love we need them and they need to know how valuable they are i agree i mean Kids can be so mean. And yes, and they're they are expressing what they've heard. It you know, kids are pure souls when they're born. When I was sixteen, I was sent to a boot camp in Samoa. Wow. My 
you might have heard of it. This was 96, 97. Um, I think, um, and it was the Lord of the Flies situation. Oh Most my gosh. of the staff Ugh. didn't even know English. Um, but there was no real fights, but it was a real psychological help. Yeah. You know, because then they had. So, I mean, I was. I was, I would have, I would have, there was time, yeah, I could have, I could have, I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not the type of person to go all out and kill people, but I, I really did want it to stop somehow. Exactly. And what you were experiencing were painful feelings that you didn't know how to control and you had no outlet for, and all you wanted was an escape from that feeling, from that way you were feeling. I mean, I was, um, there was a, the, the kids would, would, there was their system, the punishment system, cat one, cat two, category one, cat one, category two, category three, and category four, and category five. So um, if you get 10 cat ones, you get a cat two. Basically a cat two, cat one is nothing. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just you know, but- Something you can do. And they loved, oh, oh, give him a cat one, give him a cat one, he did this. And then, oh, yeah, Soli, yeah, Soli. And um, so, I spent most of my time in in a hut listening to books on tape, just sitting still listening books on tape for a year. There was one time where I was so tense. The leader, the the leader of the of the beach was touched me on my my shoulder. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the Greek? And I turned around and I, I hit him. I did. Because I'm not, I, you touched me, you know. I didn't even know who it was. Well, you and, were you were trying to exist in a very stressful environment. And you you were tense because you expected at any moment that you could be harmed. And when you think about kids who that's their home life, it it's hard for them to know how valuable they are in that situation. And all it takes is one person who sees their value, who sees that they are carrying unique gifts that they bring into the world. One person can be the person, one kind comment, one hug can be what changes everything for one child. If I had a mentor, it would have been a lot easier. 
Absolutely. Yeah. But to, but um, anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I went through emotional abuse, basically bullied for 54 years. So I have a lot of empathy. I understand what it feels like. And I had my mom who was, you know, like this angel, this good person who, who would give us love and hug us and make everything better. So I was lucky in that way because I had one person in my life who made that difference. And so when we think about the kids who are lashing out and creating havoc and damage in the world, they may not have that one person. They, they are lashing out from a place of tremendous hurt. And what they really need is compassion and understanding and love. Not to sit in a box for three days. No. <laughs> this, guy, this guy should have been like, well, he kind of, he was a more Americanized. And if he, if he was like, okay, you're going to spend an hour a week with me. <laughs> Even if I had a therapist, even though those yeah. I don't really like too much. <laughs> well, you know, therapists, they have psychologists and, and psychiatrists, they have a place in the world because people, their minds really latch on to what happened to them and they don't know how to get past that. And they so talk i'm i'm not a huge believer in talk therapy mm -hmm. because revisiting the problem mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily help other than just rebring up the energy yeah um, richard Bandler used to call sick man fraud <laughs> 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 I don't know that I would go that far. I believe that they have their place, but I honestly believe that um, moving the energy is really important because these feelings that become stuck in ourselves, our body carries that. And unless we can. I am a hypnotist and in meditation in trance i do it to myself i release negative energy from the palms of my hands from my head and from the bottom of my feet i've even gotten gotten a green star up in the sky somewhere that always can but just imagining these feelings leaving you helps. absolutely Hypnotism is wonderful and it, it allows the subconscious to speak in a way that our conscious mind won't. And we all have within us 
the ability to self-heal. A lot of people don't believe it about themselves. And as long as you don't believe it, it will be true for you. (laughs) So I mean, you can just, yeah, just close your eyes, get relaxed, breathe in heavy, breathe out, and just imagine your energy and imagine dark energy leaving you and light energy coming into you. Yeah, you you replace that darkness with light. It's it's available. Our imagination is available to us all. (laughs) And And it it might not be black. It not might might not be. And you're right. It could be our imagination. It's our imagination, but it makes us feel better. Yeah. So if you have, if you're carrying some wounding and you want to move the energy, what you can do is become self-aware picture where is this energy stuck within me and often for me it's like in the solar plexus chakra area so then i will kind of scan that area and find what might be a black mass or it might you know be a silver mass whatever it is but let's find this energy and then shine white light on it. I mean, this is off of your topic of children. I'm sorry. But it's okay. They know, we can if, go wherever it takes us. <laughs> usually I, my podcast is about 30 minutes. We're about six minutes over, but Uh-oh. um I don't care. I can keep going. <laughs> um, um what i wanted to say is another thing that you can do is picture your somebody that looks incredibly like you on a screen on movie theater screen and you're there and then if it's a bad scene make it black and white and shrink the picture down yeah that's a very powerful um tool yeah and what i will suggest people do so you know one of the reasons i i grew up feeling like i had no value was my drunk abusive father told me that and and at when you're four years old and you have this big man looming over you screaming at you you believe he's telling truth i didn't i didn't have that nice my mom says um i had a horrible childhood and my mom says and i'm pretty much after even high school my listeners know but um i just wanted to i just i after after my balloon business failed for the first time in 2003 i just moved to the beach and escaped you know yeah um, and it was really hard because the cops were evil and just, just didn't want me there. Mm-hmm. But um, my mom now works for hospice. She's a social worker for hospice. Wow. And so it, it's one of the most, I mean, it's in Buddhism, it's the most honored job there. It can happen. It is an amazing 
thing that she does. And she says she that I'm her most people into death. Yeah, she says I'm her most biggest teacher. So mm -hmm. that makes me happy. We but didn't get along. Yeah, this is what is true about you. You are so much more than you think you are. You are an amazing soul and you bring wisdom into this earth. And these are the kind of things that, um, you know, you, you lived a life that perhaps people who didn't have your backbone, who didn't have your core strength, would choose to escape through suicide. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm serious because I'm strong. I'm strong. Yeah, I see Only that. someone beat me up just to, just to get back what they stole from me. Because if I was going to fight them, I'd go to jail for the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? I would, I I'm not going to hold punches back. So interesting. Um, to let them beat me up. You knew you're strong enough to deal with whatever they put out. Mm. That's what I want every kid to know, that they have an infinite soul, that they are strong enough, that they can move through whatever pain is present in their lives it's temporary. Yeah, it's always temporary. I would suggest finding a wholesome community, a wholesome faith. But um it's finding a finding a purpose of bigger than yourself is one of the things that is really a key to for kids to know their survive and and when i look at you i see an infinite soul i see gifts that you haven't even tapped yet and the same would be go for every kid because each one of us is an infinite soul and each one of us has tremendous gifts that can bless this world that they we're say, not even aware of. They say that the most wealthiest places is graveyards because of unwritten books, unwritten dreams. Un <laughs> un I haven't that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's, thank that's you for that. For you. Let's end <laughs> <Yeah>. with that. <laughs> It dissipated the energy a little bit. Yeah. Um, let's return it to my books because okay. to me, these books can change the world. And, um, you know, I, it's not just for the kids. The parents love, love the books too and find it really engaging. So, um, well, so we got, we got, do you want to mention the third book or? Yeah, so the, it, it's a series. There's 
almost three books now. Oh, <laughs> it's first, not out yet. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. The first one is Bella Santini, In the Land of Everlasting Change. The second one is Bella Santini, In the Troll War. And the third one <laughs> is Princess Bella Visits the Dragon's Lair. Oh, wow yeah this is it's really cool really <laughs> cool i i pick i i <laughs> it's like it's like an adult ordering the disney channel just to, <laughs> just to watch it <laughs> a little bit yeah um you know don't adults don't be afraid to read that book it's gonna entertain you but even more some of the things that you can walk away from if you absorb the information you can change your life thank you so much angela mm, brian i am let, so honored let me let me end the recording okay. and then don't go anywhere i'm gonna say bye to you officially okay all right thank you